BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Brett McKay here, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Manliness podcast. Have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but don't have an idea for a business? Or have you been sitting on a business idea for years, but have never gotten going with it? Well, after listening to this podcast, and by the end of this weekend, you can have a business started that could ultimately make you a million bucks. Here to walk you through the process of becoming a near overnight entrepreneur is Noah Kagan. Kagan is the founder of AppSumo, a software deal site, and a half a dozen other multi-million dollar businesses and is the author of Million Dollar Weekend, a surprisingly simple way to launch a seven-figure business in 48 hours. Today on the show, Noah and I first discussed the two biggest obstacles that hold people back from starting a business and how to overcome them. We then turned to the practicalities of coming up with and vetting a business idea, how to find your first customers, and how to keep growing from there. Along the way, Noah and I share insights into how we turned AppSumo and Art of Manliness, respectively, from side hustles into rewarding careers. After the show's over, check out our show notes at awim.is slash million dollar weekend. All right, Noah Kagan, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. I missed you. Yeah, so we had you on last time. Uh, that was back in 2017, and that was episode number 315, for those who want to check that out. Short story with you is you were one of the first employees at Facebook, but then you got fired before your stock vested. So you missed out on becoming a billionaire. So that was a bummer. But the upside was you started this journey of starting multiple seven-figure businesses. And I think you got a few eight-figure businesses in there as well. And then you've also been teaching other people how to start businesses. Um, and a lot of some people have been making a lot of money with this process. And you got a new book out where you're sharing this process. It's called Million Dollar Weekend, the surprisingly simple way to launch a seven-figure business in 48 hours. And I should say at the start, you have a very narrow definition of, of what starting a business means. Because I think sometimes some people think uh, start a business means, you know, coming up with a business plan, you know, filing an LLC, designing a web page. But how you define it for this book in the challenge is just get three paying customers in 48 hours. That's what starting a business is. And I, I love this idea of the time constraints. I think it can really help people finally get going on something. So where did you get this idea of starting a business in a weekend? There's a guy named Jake who I was talking to this morning. And it's pretty similar to you and I'm guessing a lot of your listeners. And Jake has three kids. He's got a day job. He's got a wife. And he's always dreamed of having a business and at least having a, the opportunity to really live how he wants to live and be a good example for his kids. And he's had the same idea for, for 24 months, two years. And he was an early reader of Million Dollar Weekend. And I was able to get a chance to work with him. And in 48 hours, he changed his life. And the same thing happened with for me with AppSumo.com, where I was really excited about how do I 
get software deals. <laughs> I love software. And how do I get software deals at a discount for entrepreneurs? And what I noticed in a lot of the years before that, working for Zuckerberg and working in other businesses was just how much time we'll give ourselves to finally do something. But if we really constrain it, and we have to focus on really what matters, which is, can I solve a problem for someone that they'll be excited to give me money for? You are able to actually do that in a very short amount of time without a lot of money. Because most people like Jake, like you, Brett, like myself as well, you know, we're busy. We don't have as much time. But most of us have a weekend available. So what's crazy is, you know, as a, I think a great example, AppSumo.com, I started it for around 50 bucks in a weekend. And this is what I think most people miss out on. They want to have a lot of money or they would like to make, you know, millions of dollars, but they never make their first dollar. And so with one $12 sale very quickly from AppSumo, uh, fast forward 14 years, yesterday I pulled up the numbers for the show, we did $248,163 in sales yesterday. But we started with just one sale. And that's something that when you give yourself a weekend and you limit that time, and you're not trying to play business or set up social media or do you know, fancy things, you, don't, you realize how much more you can actually do and get closer to where you want to go. So you mentioned the student you had who, you know, spent years putting off starting a business. He wanted to do this and putting the time frame, giving him that goal of starting a business on a weekend, suddenly he's able to do it. What is holding people back from starting a business that want to start a business? Like, what have you found? Are there common excuses, fears that you see people have? Yeah. What I've noticed is that there's, there, there's so much, there's literally, there's Harvard MBA, there's billions of hours on YouTube, there's unlimited amounts of courses, then how is it that everyone who's got a day job or is just coming out of college or 60 years old and wants to do a hobby that makes some money doesn't have a business yet? And what I was able to recognize through myself and literally through tens of thousands of people was that there's two things that they're afraid of and they don't recognize it as they're afraid of, but it's really the fear of starting and it's the fear of asking. Those are the two things that have held everyone back from getting success in business, but really in life. And most people feel like they're not ready. It's like, oh man, I'm, uh, I need to research more. I need to go over this business model more. I need to talk to more people about it. And when you actually get going, you know, a, a simple example, you have kids. It's like, hey, I'm going to teach my kid how to swim. All right, well, you have to be in the pool to swim, <laughs> which is an obvious example. But people are like, no, I want to read more about how to swim. And I want to watch another YouTube video about how to swim. Or I'll buy a book of it. It's like, no, let's get in the pool. And by getting in the pool is how you're going to start getting better at that. And one of the mindsets that helps people is to think of themselves as scientists. So just get going and start doing things. And by experimenting as a scientist, if it doesn't work, that's okay. At least you're doing it and it'll lead you to a destination that you'll be surprised about, I would say. And the other one that, that holds people back is the fear of asking. You know, if you don't ask, you can't get. And I've interviewed a lot of billionaires on my YouTube channel over the years. And the number one thing they all say is sales, is what is the skill that's helped them become a billionaire. And uh, what is a sale? A sale is an ask, right? And, and think about it. Like if you want to raise, if you want an employee, or if you want a customer, you just have to practice asking. And it, thank God it's a universal skill that you don't have to be tall or skinny or any physical or gender ability. It's universally available to practice and get better at both of those things of starting right away and asking. All right. So starting and asking are the biggest fears that hold people back from starting a business. And I imagine people come up with excuses to hide those fears, <laughs> Right. It's like, well, you know, I got to do, like you said, I got to do more research or I need more capital so I can develop the website or I, I don't know anything about marketing. I got to come up with a marketing plan. But like, really, those are probably just covering the fear of starting or the fear of just asking, you know, for money. Of course. Yeah. Well, let's take you. And to me, what always seemed risky 
Brett, and I, it's sad. I talked to someone yesterday, but it always seemed riskier for me to have a day job I didn't like than at least take a chance on myself. And to be clear, that doesn't mean quit your day job. Jake has a great day job that he's keeping and enjoying. And Jake actually got five customers. He wants to do guys golf trips. That was his dream business. And we were able to get that going in a weekend. Now, I'd say even for like yourself, did you quit your job to start this show? I did not. So the Art of Manly started in 2008. It was just a blog, like a text, like go to artofmanliness.com. We still do that. We still go to artofmanliness.com. We still put out new content there. But I started when I was in law school. And, you know, I started as a hobby, basically, something fun to do to, as a creative outlet. And then it started making money. Even when it was making money, I still graduated from law school and I got a job in legal research. I worked for Thomson Reuters and graduated in 09, took the job with Thomson Reuters. And then in 2010, that's when I finally quit my day job and went full time with AOM. I think that's such a great example for people to to realize. So number one, the first thing you said, and this is the part I think people get backwards in business, it's fun. Find something fun. You're like, hey, I'm going to just write articles and explore manliness and parenting and things for guys. Like, how beautiful is that? And you didn't go risk your career. And especially a lot of people have day jobs. It's like, I, I don't want anyone to risk that. And then you stuck with it, which is the other the other real important part besides getting started is how do you find ways not to quit too soon? And what I found, you know, from through for me running a business, I'm still running AppSumo.com, which this year will do over $80 million. And that, that to me is insane because it started in a weekend. But I find that business is just the best way I've ever learned about myself and made and done things where I can feel good about myself. And importantly, I can actually even then create the life I want to live. Because, you know, I've been fired twice I don't know if anybody's ever been fired out there, but getting fired made me realize like one person decided my future. And I at least wanted that option. I wanted the option where like, hey, even if I get fired, I have something else or not, maybe I can keep you know my day job and my side hustle. But you do have to get started on it so that you know, 14 years ago, no, I'm thanking him. So I, I do wonder for which one listener today is going to thank themselves for listening to this show today, taking action and in five years be you know way further ahead than they ever imagined. Okay, so in your book, Million Dollar Weekend, you walk people through a process and how they can get a business going up and running. You get to paying customers within 48 hours on a weekend. And some of these businesses, you know, some people might make a million dollars with their business. But your, I think your bigger point with this book is that you can start a business that makes a decent chunk of change that can significantly improve your life. And what that number is, is going to vary from person to person. And you have this idea of the freedom number um, that can give people a concrete goal to shoot for. So what is a freedom number and how can that help? Oh, it's one of those, I think it'd be a source of motivation to get going yeah. on your business. Well, I asked Jake, I, I called him this morning before the show. I was like, Hey, Jake, I'm going to honor man list. <laughs> you know, what was it for you? He's like, I think about this future where I can do this as my dream. And it's like, wow, great. Everyone can think about what is their fantasy. And sometimes though, the fantasy is so far away that it doesn't seem attainable. And what I recognize, and this is something that I've seen be very impactful for myself, as well as I've talked to a lot of other successful entrepreneurs, which is having a small attainable monthly number where if they once they get their side hustle to that, then they can at least make the decision whether they want to quit their job or not. And it's the number that covers your basic necessities. So savings, food and entertainment, and then living expenses. And what people realize when they actually put this together, and you could do it right now. I'd encourage people again, we'll talk about now, not how in a moment. But you realize like that number is a lot smaller than I thought. And then when you're actually doing the thing you want to do for a living, 
what I've noticed, you actually end up making a lot more money because frankly, you're enjoying it. And even if you're not, you're like, wow, I can live my life my own way. And, and I would say wealth and, and having money is really how little you can worry because <laughs> you don't have to worry about some of these things. Uh, like, oh, I have to worry about my job. I have to worry about my boss. I have to worry about savings. And it's interesting when you start taking that, that power for yourself. And, and this freedom number, it can vary from person to person depending on their goals, right? So some people, they, maybe they want to quit their job completely and just all they do is rely on the income that comes from their side hustle or their business. Some people, maybe they like their day job, right? Maybe they enjoy doing whatever they do, but they just want enough money to, I don't know, pay off some debt or they just want enough money to make a month where they can go out to eat with their family and not have to worry about, you know, the prices on the menu. And you can find out a concrete number for that. Like I want to make a thousand extra dollars a month so I can do X with my life. And it might not even be that much. It's way lower. Well, so my number was 3000. And so I thought if, if I can make 3000 a month, I can quit this job, which it was fine, but I didn't really care for it. And I always dreamed of being an entrepreneur and being able to live remotely. And it took a few months, but then with AppSumo, it eventually got there and I was able to quit and go do that. What amount were you at when you decided to quit and go all in on Art of Manliness? I don't remember. That was 13 years ago. I mean, I think it was enough where I could, like, I think my magic number, this is sort of generic, is enough where I could pay for health insurance for my family. At the time, that was my big concern. Like, do I, can I afford health insurance? And I think my parents and my in-laws, they were kind of concerned about that, the being the entrepreneur things like... You know, I had the steady job where you had benefits, health insurance, a retirement plan, et cetera. <laughs> um, and so for me, it's like, if I can pay for those things, then I'm good. Well, it was interesting, you know, two quick stories on that. Like when I quit Intel, which was a horrible job to go work at Facebook, my whole family was like, you got, you're crazy. I can't believe you're going to go to this company, da, da, da. And Intel laid off 10,000 people uh, a few weeks later after I uh, moved over to Facebook and it's just a good reality that like, if you are not at least creating some of your own businesses or incomes, that you're not as much control of your destiny. And even a safe company like Intel is not safe. And the, the other thing I was mentioning earlier is I, I did talk to someone recently and I, I felt sad that they felt that they had no ability to get started and change their future. They're like, yeah, I got this job, which this is very normal. I got a job, I've got a kid, I'm stuck here, I can't do anything about it. And when you start taking action, when you start maybe posting something online and, or you start getting one person a customer in your business, and that could be the amount of ways people are getting rich is unbelievable. And I've seen a lot of it on my YouTube channel from people doing strawberries, <laughs> energy traders, you know, there's real estate, there's a lot of different ways, pl plumbing. And, you know, I come from tech and I, I, it's so exciting to realize that there's a lot out there, but you do have to get started on it today. And then you, you, just like you and, and me and a lot of other people have done it, you do have to figure ways to help you stick with it so that you can get to the freedom number and then beyond that. Well, yeah, talk about that idea of getting started today. You have this mantra, it's now, not how. What do you mean by that? And how can people start living that mantra? So when people, let's take a business example. You want to start a dog walking business. You know, most people think, well, how would I start a dog walking business? I probably need to get an LLC. Then I'm going to buy a domain. Then I need to find a developer. Then I might be need to get some funding or I need someone who's technical. Oh no, there's AI. So I need to have some AI now in there. <laughs> and last year I needed to put some crypto so people can pay for their dog walking in crypto. Right? So they're thinking about how to, how to do it. But then if you actually just take the mantra of now, not how, what I'm encouraging, and this has been the number one breakthrough from the book. And we survey 
We have a 1300 person beta team that's gone through the book. This is the number one breakthrough, which is instead of giving themselves excuses and thinking about how, what can they do right now to move themselves forward? And so with the dog walking app, you can literally text, call, WhatsApp, DM three people and say, hey, I'm thinking about dog walking app. Can I walk your dog today? <laughs> and then people are like, really, it's that easy? I'm like, yeah, that's the whole point. That's exactly how so many of literally billion dollar companies, just like Airbnb, Airbnb started by them sending an email to a conference that they were attending saying, we're renting out a couch. Does anyone want to pay 150 bucks for it? Right away, right now. And so acting in the now is preventing you from letting getting the fear ahead of you. <laughs> because you just get going, fear has to catch up. Just go and get started. And by doing that, by putting out that, like what you did, you got started, you put out the first blog post. That builds confidence. Yeah. Okay, so have a bias towards action. Just quit thinking too much. Just start working. You'll figure things out as you go. And what's great about doing things now is you actually get information because you see what happens. And that can actually help you refine and actually come up with your business plan after the fact. And it's more useful, I feel like, because it's concrete data. A hundred percent. I mean, it, it's like sitting on the sidelines trying to figure it out. But if you just go do it, you actually know it. Like take Jake, who we talked about earlier. You know, Jake's had the same idea about doing golf trips for guys for two years. But until he literally called someone right away when he did the, the Million Dollar Weekend Challenge, he just did it right now. And the person said, sure. And we, we can, you know, get into that a little bit later. But it was like, just because he got going, then guess what? That gave him confidence to be like, hmm, maybe I can ask another person right now. And then in a weekend, he had five paying customers for his golf trip, which he took two years not being ready for. Yeah. Okay. So um, the next part is overcoming the fear of asking. And you talk about developing your asking muscle. How do you develop your asking muscle? <laughs> yeah, I was mentioning earlier, I got to interview John Paul DeJoria. He did Patron Tequila and Paul Mitchell Hair Care. And he said sales is the number one skill people can get better at. And that is what's helped him become a billionaire. And you start realizing that everything in life is communication. Everything in life is sales. Everything in life really ultimately is an ask. So you want a wife, you probably have to ask someone out. You want a relationship, you want an employee, you want a raise. And in business, if you want a customer or if you want a viewer or a listener, you have to ask. And when you don't ask, you don't get. You just get whatever you're getting. <laughs> and what I've noticed is that the fear of the ask is temporary, but the upside of these ask is really unlimited. People think of asking as a negative. You think of it as a positive, right? Okay, maybe this rejection is leading me to somewhere positive. It's leading me to learning. It's leading me to some outcome that I can get to. Whereas most times people never ask at all, or if they ask once, they get rejected and they stop. And you just start realizing that if you can do that in light, silly ways, then when you start doing it in ways that maybe matter more to you and you've already practiced it as a skill, the success that you can have is amazing. So I always talk about the coffee challenge. And this has become, you know, I would say worldwide famous, where it's a very simple, easy way to develop your ask muscle. And all you do is next time you buy coffee, or if you buy a taco, or if you're at a restaurant, you just ask for a 10% discount. And if you, a lot of times will say, why? If you want to make it really hard, say nothing. But if you want to say, hey, Noah Kagan, I'm following this 48-hour business challenge, a million-dollar weekend, uh, told me you need to do it. And then they're going to reject you most of the time. Once in a while, you get a discount. And the point is not to get the discount. The point is to actually get the rejection. And let me just actually pull this up. There was a guy who just did it. I always ask the same question afterwards. I said, what did you learn about yourself from the rejection? And here's his name is Stetson. He, he just texted me uh, Monday. He said, 
I overthink things. I ran through every scenario in my head before actually taking. And I'm actually good in these awkward situations until it comes time to ask for something. Then I get weird. And ultimately, he realized it didn't kill me. And that's, that's the whole power of the coffee challenge is that you do it in a kind of silly way. Whether you're a sales pro, then do it. Or whether you've never asked for anything, then do it. And if you can just commit to going and doing that, you start realizing, like, whoa, it's, not, it's never as scary as, I see, as it seems. And that's true for a lot of this business stuff. It should be fun, like you said with your post. And these things aren't as scary. But you do have to get started. Then you do have to ask people for things in business. Okay. So you got to overcome your fear of starting, overcome your fear of asking. That'll, that'll do a lot for you to actually get going with your business. But let's say someone's out there and they say, I, I really want to start a business, but I don't have any ideas. Or maybe they have an idea and they don't know if it's a good one. So how do people usually go wrong with coming up with business ideas? For business ideas, the book literally starts with frequently made excuses. And the first one and two is I have no ideas or I have too many ideas. So I'm going to give you three ideas in three minutes in three ways. And then I'll give you even one more that people can do right now, not how. So number one, solve your own problem. So break your day down into morning, afternoon, and night. And just think what's bothering you or what could have been better. So for me, in my morning, every morning now, I'm looking at this painting that's been on my ground for two months. <laughs> and I'm just like, I've just too, I've got other things going on. And I was like, ah, oh, it's so annoying. Or for lunch, my girlfriend and I are working and it'd be really nice to have food delivery. And so it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Number two, look at your credit card bill. This is a, a classic, I would say. Let, look at what you're spending money on or look at what you're uh, you know, not spending as much money on. And those are both opportunities. You know, Most problems you're facing in your life are business opportunities for yourself and for someone else. Uh, and lastly, look at what you're avoiding. So I was like looking at what's been on my to-do list for a long time. Again, what you're not doing is something else that probably others aren't doing too that are a business. And I'll give it a now, not how example of asking that people can do again right now. Text a friend. Hey, I'm trying to come up with some business ideas. You know me. What is the kind of business you think I could start and be good at? And just text someone right now. And I think you'll be surprised by just, again, asking and doing it right in the now, uh, the results you're going to get. And most people, I don't think you can mess up ideas, right? You can only really mess up just not executing. There is stuff about you know making sure it's it can be a million-dollar business, but really by just executing it will lead you to get to that place, will lead you to get to your freedom number and beyond. Right. You talked about customers want solutions, not ideas. So like look for solutions to problems. And that's how I started AOM, uh, the impetus behind Art of Manliness when it was you know, just, just a blog before it was a podcast was I thought men's magazine sucked back in 2007, 2008. So I said, I'm going to start the men's magazine that I'd want to read. And I did. And I found out a lot of other men felt the same way that I felt. And so that's how, that's how we started. That solve your own problems. Like if you could, if you only had to do one type of business, just make sure you're the first customer. AppSumo, I hated paying full price for software. I still do. Again, come back to things that at least you'd be excited. Because I've done businesses that are opportunities, like today AI is what everyone's chasing. It's like not something I'm personally that excited about. You know, on AppSumo, we have a lot of software deals in AI, and that's great. But for me, I'm just excited to promote the deals. So again, come back to the problems where you're at least the first customer. Uh, and I think it makes it much, much easier to stick with these businesses because it does take time for them to produce the compounded returns. We're going to take a quick break for your words from our sponsors. 
wedding season is coming up. And if you are preparing for the big day, I know wedding planning can be really intimidating, but finding the perfect suit shouldn't be. Indochino makes it easy to get a fully customizable suit right from your home. Don't just wear any suit on your big day. Wear a custom made-to-measure suit. Suits start at just $499, which is about the same price you'd pay for an off-the-rack suit at a department store. And they've also got custom made-to-measure shirts starting at just $89. So I've talked about my Indochino suit on the podcast before. They've been a longtime podcast sponsor. It's navy blue. The measuring process was super easy. They got these video guides you follow. You'll need another set of hands to help you out with that. But the really fun part is customizing it. Got to customize how I wanted the lapels on the jacket, the pockets, the lining. I went no pleats on the pants on this suit. A lot of fun. And then in a few weeks, you have a made-to-measure custom suit sent directly to your door. When planning your wedding, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code MANLINESS to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com, promo code MANLINESS. Daylight saving time is starting up again. The goal of this is to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting our clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There is only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com manliness. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to help you find qualified candidates. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you can reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter Smart Technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash manliness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Picture that thing you've always wanted to learn. All right, you got that in your head? Now picture learning it from the person who's literally the best at it in the world. That's what you get with Masterclass. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors, and many of these instructors are former AOM podcast guests. You can learn negotiation from Chris Voss, leadership skills from Jocko Willink, how to master your habits with James Clear. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. So recently, I went through the Masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. A lot of useful information in there. Talked about the value of knowing a negotiation, how to use your body language and speech patterns to get your best out of a negotiation. Very well done. I really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. Right now, listeners of our podcast can get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash AOM. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash AOM. Masterclass.com slash AOM. Check out the masterclass on negotiation with Chris Voss. All right, if you have a family, then you need to get term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest financial decisions you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done so you can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. There's no risk to apply. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee and you can cancel at any time. I remember when I was a new dad, I had a lot of thoughts going through my head. One of them was, how can I take care of my family when I'm gone, if something happens to me? 
Well, it's one of the first things I did. I got term life insurance, one of the best decisions I made. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash manliness. That's meetfabric.com slash manliness. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash manliness. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. And now back to the show. Okay, how do you actually figure out if, so let's say you settled on an idea or a solution. You, you settled on a solution to a problem you're going to solve. How do you know if it's actually going to make money? What you do need to do before we sell to customers, and this is something I was thinking about yesterday. I was watching some Netflix with a girlfriend about a masseuse. And I was like, could you make it be a million dollar masseuse? And before you jump into let's say you're excited to do physical therapy. Okay, well, how would it actually be a million-dollar business? And so you've got to make sure you're not running really, really fast in the wrong direction. How many people, like how is the market trending in this area? So let's take AppSumo, for instance, or physical therapy. AppSumo and software, 10 years ago when I started it, you could see that the graph was trending up. And I was just in a great wave. And so just being mindful of that, same with physical therapy. Is that trending up? You can go to Google Trends, look over five years. Is it flat? Is it up or down? Because what you're aiming for is markets that are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you just get a slice of it. As well, what does the business model look for therapy? So if you're doing one-off massages at home at $140, like, cool, that's $140, but to make a million dollars, what is that? (laughs) Let me do the math. That's 7,000 massages, 7,142. That's going to take you a while. Right. Okay, well, if I did it that way, I probably need to change some things out. And so before you... Again, try to validate the business, making sure people want it at least three customers in 48 hours. I would definitely recommend looking at what would it take to make a million dollars for yourself just to get an understanding of it. And again, all this stuff should be quick and fast and not as a distraction from actually focusing on the business and the problems you're solving. Now, to your original thing, Brett, which was how do you validate it? There's there's three ways I, I tell people to validate. One is pre-ordering. So that's asking, and this is the best way because it's the most active. And this is the... Best example of this is Elon Musk with Cybertruck or uh, Model 3. People deposited six years ago for Model 3 and for for, uh, Cybertruck. Model 3 was 10 years from when he delivered. And this is also the same with events. Every event you ever bought, you pre-order it. You buy a ticket, you go to the event. And have they ever canceled events? Yes. And if you're trying to get pre-orders for your idea and no one wants it, awesome. You didn't build a website. You didn't go to Alibaba or China to make the product. You didn't waste a lot of time to find out something no one wanted. And then you could learn from that. And that's the beauty of this. Uh, The other two methods that I think can be good, but aren't as direct, that's why I don't always encourage them, is marketplaces. So when I started AppSumo.com, I posted it on Reddit. I said, hey, there's this product called Imgur. I got a discount on it because I cold emailed the founder. And there's a marketplace of people looking to spend money or that are excited about things. And you could post it on you know, there, you could post it on Indie Hackers, you can post it on Etsy, Nextdoor, wherever it is, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, wherever it is worldwide, places where people are raising their hand to spend money. Uh, and then lastly, to get customers, you can try landing pages and ads. So that's, that's been a common one people talk about, I would say, but I, I think that's my least favorite. Actually, I know it's my least favorite. Because then you have to learn about how to do a landing page. Then you have to set up an ad. Then you have to spend money. Then you have to wait for results. And that is fine. I think that's okay. But again, you can do it a lot quicker and cheaper, and, and that's what I've found to be more effective than uh, having to wait, which, which happens in some of these other two approaches. I was just thinking about some of the little 
businesses that I've started throughout my life. I forgot I did this. And I, it was though I did the whole act and now not how, and I validated it really quickly, didn't spend any money. And I, I used um, marketplaces kind of, we would call them primitive marketplaces. So when I was in college, <laughs> I, I lived in Mexico for a few years, so I, I could speak Spanish fluently. So when I got back and I was in college, I offered tutoring services. And so I just created like a crappy flyer for like Spanish tutoring service. I think I charged $25 an hour, like $20 an hour. This was 2005. So that was a lot of money back then. And I just posted it on the bulletin board in the foreign language department at University of Oklahoma. And within a week, I think I had five clients. I had five customers who called me and said they wanted Spanish tutoring. So I was making, what was that, 100 bucks a week extra? That was pretty dope when you're a broke college student. I was making 100. And it was only, I was only spending five hours a week. So that was a great, that was a success. I validated that one really quickly. The other business yes. idea I had when I was in, I think I was, I was in law school. So this was 2005. And so this was a period where iPhones weren't really a thing yet. I don't even think the iPhone was created in 2005, but people had iPods. And so people also had CD collections that they had accumulated for years. So I had the idea, I would help people transfer their CD collection to their new iPod. And so I, I created these flyers and I put them out everywhere. I didn't get any calls on that one. So I gave up after a couple of weeks on that one, but I thought it was a cool idea. I love it, man. Wow. That's awesome. You know, the, the most successful people I personally admire and have seen have also tried the most things, right? And by doing it, you start recognizing, okay, I'm doing this, this isn't working, but I'm learning something. And this isn't working, but I'm learning something. And then for me, you know, same as you, I've tried, you know, I had a ninjacard.com website where I did discount cards for college students. And then I had a blog called freecalls2.com, which was voice over IP phone calls on the internet. And they may seem silly, right? And most businesses start as hobbies. And so it's good, start a hobby and stick with the hobby. And then each of these things we learn from that have led us to eventually, you know, I'm sure there's subtle pieces of all these projects that led you to where Art of Manliness is. And same thing with me and getting to where AppSumo is today. No, for sure. Okay, so uh, validating. So what, what do you think, are, what's the most effective way? What's the way you like to validate or find customers? Pre-ordering. pre-ordering. Yeah, uh, pre-ordering. Just, just ask. And that can be, that's easy, just texting people. You text three people, here's this thing I'm going to offer. It's, you know, $50. Can I send you my Venmo? And that's it. <laughs> so l- let me maybe provide some frameworks to make it even easier for people that are, are thinking like, hey, I've got, it, most people have an idea. Even my brother. I love my brother. He's a doctor. He had, he was telling my girlfriend this morning, he had this idea for ultra endurance powder. So he's, he's, a, he's a doctor and he created this powder for himself for when he went on long bike rides. And again, it was, he just solved his own problem. And most people are like, well, that's not a business. It's, it's like, actually, that's exactly what a business is. And what I'd recommend to him is what I'd recommend for people out there is, I call it listen, options, and transition. So how do you actually communicate with people? And by the way, remember we talk, talked about starting and asking? Now it comes into play in a fun way where you can actually get paid for it. So for him, you can text and stuff. I, I like calls and whatever's real time. Because when you post on social media or you post in the marketplace, you're kind of waiting. Now, when you're asking someone for some like, you know, ultra endurance uh, sports powder, you don't have to make it this big, uh, will you buy from me? Because that, that's kind of, I don't know, that, that's a little scary at times, especially if you're not experienced. But you can call any of your friends up and ask for feedback. 
Like people ask for feedback all the time. Hey, I'm working on a book. Hey, have you gone to that restaurant? Hey, I got this idea. Hey, I want to do this to my room. What do you think? And so you call and listen. So you call up a friend and say, hey, I'm working on this business idea about powder. Do you, and you call people, by the way, so call people that you think would actually be interested in this. So for my brother, it would be, who have you ever ridden bikes with? He's a huge cyclist. Just make a list, call your dream 10, and put them on a list. And now let's go through people you think would actually be customers for you. And a lot of times when people start businesses, Brett, they try to start it outside of their zone of influence. And it just makes it so much harder. So what are skills that you're already good at and who do you already have access to? And so make a list of them. And then when you call, say, hey, I know you're a cyclist. Are you ever going on long rides? Yeah? Oh, and when you're listening, really what you're trying to do here is you're trying to elevate their problems. If they actually have them. And if they have problems, then great, we'll solve them next. If not, cool. It's not a problem for them. So for for my brother, it would be, hey, are you ever tired after your rides? Are you ever tired after 20, 30, 40, 50 miles of cycling? Oh, yeah, I am. Then you create an option for them. Well, I actually have a solution to the problem you said, and it's called ultra endurance powder. I think he was calling it horse powder <laughs> I don't know, uh, for himself. And then, yeah, you present some options for these people. Hey, here's the powder. Is that something you'd be interested in? What do you think? And again, none of this, you should never have to convince someone. If you're convincing them, you're selling them. And to me, that's aggressive versus asking and learning. And if it's something they're interested in, then the last one is T. So it's L-O-T, listen, option, transition. And the last one, you just transition. Sounds like you want the powder. I'm going to be putting this together. I'd love to get you as a beta customer. Is that something you could send me a Venmo, PayPal, crypto, cash, check uh, today for $10 or $20? And again, you know, in the process, you do need to follow a little bit of how do you come up with your pricing, which uh, is, is much quicker than people realize. And you see if they'll actually pay you. And that's the truth. And people are always surprised that people are excited to pay for that, pay for their problems. They're like, wow, this is actually how it can start. And, and that's, it's just so empowering. That's why I always share this story where, yeah, my first sale is 12 bucks. This little hobby where I, you know, I wanted my own deals on software could then turn into where it is today, which is unbelievable. But I did get started and I found something that people were excited. And it sounds like you too, you tried things that, yeah, language tutoring, cool. And by the way, that language tutoring business could have turned into Duolingo. Could have, yeah. So when people kind of, no, it's just language. No, that can be wherever you want to take it. Same thing with you know my business with Absum, and same thing with my brother. Like this horse powder business could turn into you know GNC or could turn into some large you know health food company. Okay, so just following the advice we just talked about, now you can get a business where you get paying customers within forty eight hours. I think anyone could like. I think people can do that after they listen to this podcast. And they validate a business by getting paid by three different customers. That's the goal. How do you grow that business to where it's making more money? You're getting more customers. Yeah. Just go to your contacts in your phone, right? If you're, if you're listening to this, just go look at your contacts. Everyone has at least 150, guaranteed. And those are all potential customers. And all those contacts have other potential customers. And those really are your first customers. And People really make it way harder on themselves. And I'm like, you don't have to. It should be easy. Now, business, when we break it down in terms of how to scale a business, it's only three W's. So what's the problem you're solving? That's the first W that people actually care about and are excited to have you solve. Who is that person that wants it? And where are they? That's it. Again, it doesn't have to be hard. And so what I always recommend, and this is something that it's really tough for people is whatever you did to get your first three, just keep doing that exact same thing. So keep doing more of what's working and then ask those three for referrals. 
because again, you know, people, oh, how do I do my ads? How do I do affiliate? How do I do content creation? I don't even want to be on social media. Don't, don't do any of it. You know, Jake, I don't know if he even has social media, the, the golf trips guy, but he does golf with people. And so he asked those people to be his customers. And then he asked those people for one person to come on the golf trip. And that is how we got going. And literally, you can do more of that to keep growing the business before you even try to do a bunch of other things. Now, if you are saying, hey, I've literally maxed out everyone in my network, which no one ever has, I, I promise that. What I do recommend is a growth machine. And so how you can approach a growth machine is you're going to, number one, do things in public. Because what I found is that by just putting myself out there for the past 24 years, it's just been an awesome way to meet people like yourself, Brett. It's just been fun. And again, whether you want to have a big business now or later, having yourself in public, having emails so you can actually communicate with your audience is insurance. So if one day your boss fires you or one day you're like, actually, I have a thing I've been building. I want to communicate with people. Having an email list that you can contact people. I use SendFox, but there's MailChimp, ConvertKit. There's a lot of options today. Uh, Creating content, being public, and having that audience communication, I would say is essential. Now, in terms of the growth machine for scale, the way I've always done it at AppSumo, at Mint, at my YouTube channel, even what I'm doing in the book, is you work backwards from a goal of what you want to accomplish, and you make a list of all the different things that you ways you think, where are these customers that I'm looking for? Are they on Facebook ads? Are they in social media? Is it wholesale? And I make a list and I prioritize it based on the impact I think I can have in terms of sales expected from those channels. And then I literally take the top three and I experiment with that for a month, going back to experiments. And I see if any of those three, what I expected and how they actually performed. And then I just double down the one that works. And people are like, no, I can't. it's got to be harder. It's like, literally, that's AppSumo today. You know, millions of buyers a month, $80 million plus. And it's the same formula that's worked over and over in all these other businesses. Okay. So yeah, your channel, it could be, could be LinkedIn. Imagine business-oriented managerial type. Like if you're doing business-to-business type business, that's where you want to be. You could do Instagram. And all these channels have their, their pros and cons. And you have to find the one that, that you like doing. I guess you settled on YouTube. That's what you like to do. Yeah. I mean, you ultimately have to promote where the business where your customers are and your best marketing is happy customers. <laughs> so that's, again, I think people want a lot of, you know, silver bullet magic, like, oh, okay, but there's a Facebook ad thing that I can do. And it's like, yes, that can work. But one, just because it works for one mark company doesn't mean it's going to work for another. And if you just do more of the basics, like almost every entrepreneur I meet, that's their business isn't growing. I said, what did you do to get your business growing? I used to message people one by one. How often are you doing that today? I'm not doing it. Just go back and do that. And that is nine times out of 10, the thing that I've, I've seen hold people back from scaling their business. And yes, there are other things that you can experiment with and you can get those things, but do more of what already is working. And then the way the value that we call it AppSumo is called test and invest. So test these other new channels. And, and I can give you an example. We tested last year sponsoring video creators to promote AppSumo and make content about software uh, for entrepreneurs. And we just tested it. We paid someone a thousand bucks. I don't remember even who the first person was. And the return, meaning the amount of people that came in and spent money on AppSumo from that, was we made our money back the same week. And so fast forward a year later, we tested that. It worked. Now there's five people recruiting and building out our video ambassador program. But you can look at it on Facebook ads. Our Facebook ads don't make us almost any money. <laughs> and that's okay too. But again, 
do the basics really well, make sure your customers are happy, get referrals from your customers, and then try out other platforms. And what works for someone, maybe it's LinkedIn. LinkedIn doesn't do much for me. Instagram, TikTok doesn't do much for me. But I found that YouTube and my email list is, is really my bread and butter. So I focus on that for, for my personal. Yeah. And in this process, you're big on collecting emails because you own your emails uh, as opposed to having your so, your whole platform be on social media where there's some you're at the mercy of some corporation's algorithm. I mean, they can change it and then your reach goes down. So email's stable. It's direct. You can control it. And that's that's going to be your biggest sales funnel, probably. Let me share a crazy story literally from last week, Brett. This, this was, it was sad, but also a great reminder. So I have a million subs on YouTube and we were able to do it in two years. And I posted a video and most of my videos get a million views. And we posted a video that has, as of today, I have to pull it up, but I think it's at 10,000 views, <laughs> right? Which is, uh, that's not good. Uh, right. Let me see this video. 12,066. So think about that. I've you know spent two years, a lot of content, a lot of people, most videos to get a million. And that, that's a great reminder that I'm not in control of communication with my audience. YouTube is. And I have to create a content that serves them and not me or my customers. And email is the best direct line to your audience and ideally audience that can become customers. AppSumo does about half of our $80 million a year via email. So for people that are out there, they're like, oh, crap. Yeah, maybe that's maybe I'm doing lawn care. I should have an email. Maybe I'm an accountant or a tax person. I should do email. Maybe I'm thinking of doing a business in the future. Yes, you should get an email list. And so let me just give people, you know, if you want to get 100 subscribers, let me just give you a few things that you can do right now. So number one, you don't even need an email service. You can just use Gmail. That's literally how I started AppSumo. I just literally, I used my Gmail to send people their codes for the software. And so... You don't have to even use a service. Number two, you need to make something that people actually want to receive. Like, I don't know about you, Brett, but when my girlfriend emails me, I, I always open it. <laughs> and so if you're going to have an email list, you need to have something that people are actually excited. You know, like your content. It's been high quality content for, is it 15 years? 16 long years. 16 years, 16 yeah. Years. And so you're creating high quality content. So think about what is it, and it doesn't need to be every day or every week, it could be monthly, that people are excited to read. So is the thing you're sending actually good? It all comes back to that. Like you make a good product, all the marketing is easy. And most people think they have marketing problems when they really have business problems, meaning you have to make stuff that people are excited about. The uh, three ways that you can grow your email list. Number one, here's a stupid way. Just update your email signature. If you're emailing people, just put your email signature in there. Second way, we talked about the Dream 10, which if you open your contacts in your phone, you go on LinkedIn, you go on Instagram, you go on uh, WhatsApp, you go wherever, just go look who are people that you think should be hearing about you. Let me give you a recent example. I wanted to prove Million Dollar Weekend. So uh, I asked the audience what business I should start, and I didn't want to use my email list or any social media. That was part of the challenge. And they said I should start a software company. I was like, okay, I'm pretty comfortable with that. And so one of the problems I noticed with my credit card bill was, was DocuSign. You ever, you ever use DocuSign yeah. or HelloSign? Yeah. I just hate paying for it because I don't use it very often and I only need to use it once in a while. So I was like, huh, that's kind of an interesting one. So I went through the whole process and what I did to find my dream 10 was I looked, I went to my Gmail and I searched anyone who in the past five years who emailed me a DocuSign. I just looked who's, already, who's an ideal person because they're using a competitor 
And if I hate it, maybe they do too. And I put that on a list and I contacted them. And that's how I was able to get about 3,000 sales in 48 hours. And then I'd say the last one, this was, this was a good reminder. It's called lead magnets. And again, I think people make this stuff so ominous and complicated. Those two things we said about your dream 10 or dream 100 and your update, your email signature, that alone can get you 100 subscribers. What a lead magnet is, and I'll just give you an example. I posted on LinkedIn, hey, here's how I do my planning for my goal setting for 2024. If you're interested in my goal planning, go to noahkagan.com, join the newsletter, and I'll send it out to you. And all I did was then share via my newsletter how I do my yearly goal setting. That's it. It doesn't have to be something super complicated. And that worked really, really well. I think we doubled the amount of people that normally join just by having something that they were excited to get from my newsletter, not you know, some crappy PDF that's like, here's five ways to have a better life. Oh, that, I, that was my first meet lead magnet when I started AOM in 2008. It was a PDF. It was uh, a guide to being a gentleman. <laughs> and it was so crappily done. I had no design skills and I was just making this thing in Microsoft Paint. Um, it was bad. But I'm sure it at the worked. time, that was pretty good. How did it work? Yeah, it worked well. I mean, I got a ton of email subscribers from it. And I, it was, I also used to get RSS subscribers because RSS was a thing. So I would include a link <laughs> oh in the RSS <laughs> footer feed. So, Do you think people know RSS? I, I still use, use RSS. I love it. I use Feedly. Oh, how do you read RSS? Feedly. That's what I use. Oh, do you really? Wow, I use Pocket mostly for the articles. Pockets, I guess Twitter yeah, I like the... Pocket. Pocket's hit or miss. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. I like... There's like certain people like to follow regularly and get their updates. Um, so I use Feedly for that. But yeah, we still have Art of Manliest still is an RSS feed, guys. If you're, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to sell it. It's great. It's full text too. It's not the like click here to read the whole thing. You can read the whole thing in your, your feed reader. You know, one of the things we, we kind of said or before the show that I even got going is like, you know, you get started, you get asking and you stick with it. Did you ever imagine it would be like this where you are today, 16 years later? No. I didn't. I did not. I mean, I when I started AOM and I had the idea for it, I I was excited about it. It's like, this could be something. Like, I, I think it could be something, but I didn't think it'd be, I had no idea it'd be a podcast. I had no idea that it would be like the strenuous life. I had no idea I would write books based off of it. I had no idea I'd be working with my wife full time from our house. No, no, no clue. We just, just did the next best thing. Just took action after action after action. And just did it for a really long time and here we are now that's yeah that that that's it and yeah. it's possible i think that's one of the things people need to believe i never the life i'm getting to live i don't know if you would have told me if, even a few years ago i would be able to live it and it does take yeah it takes time you know one getting started you might start realizing holy it, it could be possible and it does take you know even writing down like hey what could happen in the next few years cool all right let me start today and what, what do you think helped you stick with it sound like you said you're you you said something earlier about that. Um, I think, well, I think both my wife and I have a personality that's sort of a stick to it disposition. We're workhorses. Like we'll just keep going and going and going. And I think it also helps that we enjoy it. You know, I enjoyed it at the start 16 years ago and, you know, I'm still enjoying it today. But I mean, I think, you know, in every job, even if you have a dream job, there's going to be things that you don't enjoy. It's like, yeah, it's a job, right? And Kate and I, we still hit walls occasionally. We get burned out. But then, you know, we just keep going and then we get back to enjoying it again. So I think the fact that we love the work we do goes a long way. But then also experience, I mean, you have to like just experiencing those bits of success on the regular helps out a lot. 
you know, setting goals, achieving them, that helps out a lot. And then just getting the feedback that we've gotten over the years from our readers and listeners saying how an article helped them with, you know, it could be like a small thing in their life or some people I've, you know, we've gotten like wedding invitations <laughs> from dudes who were like, I read this article about how I need to stop hanging out with women and start dating them. And I started asking women on dates and now I'm getting married. Here's an invite. I'm like, wow, that's, that's crazy. Um, and what's crazy about doing it for this long, it's been really rewarding is we've been doing it long enough where there are guys who started reading us when they were like 16. They're now 32 years old and they've got kids, they're married, they've got a job. And we get letters from these guys saying, yeah, I started reading you when I was 16 and like you had content that helped me with like different stages of my development into adulthood. Like you helped me learn how to tie a tie for a dance. You learned, helped me, you know, how to ask a woman out on a date and you helped me with parenting advice. And that's, that's really super rewarding. That is awesome. That was really nice to hear. I was like, tell me more of these stories. Well, no, this has been a great conversation. I think the big takeaway is you want people after they listen to this episode to go buy, buy the book. I'm sure you're going to make the ask here in a bit. That's, that's fine. (laughs) But also you want people to go out if, if they've had that idea for a business this weekend, make it happen. You can make it happen. Just start now and get over the fear of asking and then follow this process. I wasn't going to ask. No, I was, I was, I was well, I was actually going to give you the opportunity to ask um, here in a bit because I always ask, where can you learn more about your book and your work? Yeah, um, okay, funny. so where can people go to learn more about the book and your work? And is there some place people can reach out to you to report whether they started a business this weekend? Like, can they tweet at you? What, what, how do you like yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, go to milliondollarweekend.com. And what I'm excited about, I'm excited for people to get the book. I want to see them sending me a photo. You can at Noah Kagan on all social media. And I want to see who's going to change their life in 48 hours. And people have 52 weekends to do it. They have 52 chances. And I'm very excited because I'm already seeing, I saw this guy, Jake. There's this other woman, Mackenzie, who has a greeting card business. There's this guy, Pat. He's actually featured on the back of the book. He emailed me two weeks ago. He quit his job. And when people realize that if they can get started today, they're going to enjoy the rewards in a little bit of time and that they can actually do it is exciting for me. And this book in business... I would say for everyone is, is the re- realization of who they can actually be and realizing it's not as far away as they thought. All right. So what was the web address again? MillionDollarWeekend.com. MillionDollarWeekend.com. Well, Noah Kagan, thanks for your time. It's been a pleasure. Great, great to hear your voice again, man. I missed you. And maybe we'll do it in five years instead of seven. Yeah, we'll make that happen. My guest today was Noah Kagan. He's the author of the book Million Dollar Weekend. It's available on Amazon.com and bookstores everywhere. You can find more information about his work in the book at his website, NoahKagan.com. Also, check out our show notes at aom.is slash million dollar weekend. We find links to resources. We delve deeper into this topic. Well, that wraps up another edition of the AOM podcast. Make sure to check out our website at artofmanliness.com where you can find our podcast archives. And while you're there, make sure to sign up for our newsletter. We got a weekly option and a daily option. They're both free. And it's the best way to keep on top of what's going on at AOM. And if you haven't done so already, I'd appreciate it if you take one minute to give us a review on podcast or Spotify. It helps out a lot. If you've done that already, thank you. Please consider sharing the show with a friend or family member who you think we get something out of it. As always, thank you for the continued support. Until next time, it's Brett McKay. Reminding you time to listen to AOM Podcast, but put what you've heard into action.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.